Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host Casper. I'm your other host Becky Grimlin. Here to bring you all ew, here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because <laughs> Wednesdays are for podcasts. <laughs> My bad. So guys, uh, before we get into this spoopy episode, was it a hangnail? Yeah, aren't those great? I love them. We're human. It happens. Anyway, cause I'm only human. Um, so yeah, so before we get into this spoopy episode about the Indiana State Sanatorium, which we'll be going to in a little less than two months, cannot wait. A word from our sponsor. Calm your body down. Bing. All right, guys, we are getting closer and closer and closer to the uh, workshop. Uh, marketplace that is happening in July. Um, the exact date is going to be July 16th. It's on a Saturday. Um, so I hope you guys, if you're in the Cincinnati area, can make it. We are getting closer and closer to that date. It's going to be really exciting. Um, also, just big thanks to all of the great feedback I've been getting on Instagram. Just so much support on the reels. Um, just a lot of views, a lot of likes, a lot of support. Thank you for all of the new followers as well. Um, but yeah, keep a lookout for, if you're in the Cincinnati area, for that workshop market. Um, otherwise, everything is available. Also, everybody that took advantage of the Memorial Day sale as well. Much appreciated. Um, otherwise, everything is available on Etsy, as always, with free shipping. And it's Calm Your Body Down across the board, Instagram and Etsy. <clears throat> Calm your body down. Ding. And of course, guys, you know we do have merch now. Please go check out the merch on the podcast link tree. It's, if you click on the link tree that is on the Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page, you will see pod mer podcast merch. Click on that link. It will take you right to our merch. We have a Wednesday shirt. We have a... Hey, that new Wednesday series is going to be coming out on Netflix. Sure enough is. Um, and then we have a Becky and Casper shirt. We have a Don't Fuck With The Original shirt. Also, we have a mug. We have a tote bag. Stickers. And stickers. All of the proceeds go to the podcast, which hopefully we will be using for a booth at a convention someday. And Teespring is a great company. They're we pretty We haven't great. had any complaints. No. Haven't heard any complaints so far from anybody that's bought, so... Please support. Yes, please. All right, guys. So tonight we are going to be talking about the Indiana State Sanatorium. Like I said a little bit ago, it'll be it's a less than two months. We are going there on August 5th for an overnight ghost hunt. It will be the biggest haunt that we've ever done and the longest haunt that we've ever done. Who's to say that we'll be there the full eight hours? Probably not, but we uh, it, it actually goes a full eight hours and it is three separate buildings. It's definitely the biggest one we've ever done. Um, yeah. I don't know how drained we're going to be after. I literally um, said to myself, so I said, this is a whole work thing. shift. Yeah, it's not even so much um, the walking around and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just the, you know, these are those moments if you're an empath, if anybody's an empath, a psychic, anything like that, that understands when you completely let that guard down and you've got yourself totally open um you're you're getting everything from all directions and this is a huge huge facility that we're covering area that we're covering i should say several 
facilities. Um, it's over, this is 500 acres of land, guys. Uh, <laughs> pretty much right smack um, in this little town in Indiana um, that has got quite a bit of history. So um, we, are we are utilizing everybodywiki.com. Apparently at one time there was a Wikipedia page. I don't know why there isn't one any longer. Um, so this one has just been kind of edited and um, has different uh, page points from linked to other articles uh, that give different information about the facility over the years. Um, the only other thing that I was really able to find, um, there's also, there were, when the place became a nursing home, there were a lot of court cases. I found a lot of, uh, that patients or patients' families or representatives brought against the place. There were just, I mean, it just, it, it ran rampant. These people were horribly mistreated. It was, you know, I mean, I don't care. You can say for a million different reasons, they weren't paid enough, state funding, yada, yada, yada. I don't know. But I, you know, some of those, I, I did, I, I read a couple of the cases and one of them was so horrific. I couldn't even read through the whole case file because I was just like, you don't treat, I mean, I'm, I don't care. I don't, there's no justifiable reason I could think of to treat another human being like that you know i mean like there were sexual assaults against people there were it was it was awful and these were elderly people these were people's grandparents great grandparents just treated like worse than trash in my opinion um so you know you wonder there should definitely shouldn't be a wonder that there wouldn't be a plethora of energy in this place <laughs> after all of that on top of it previously being a tuberculosis sanatorium so um, and the fact that it wasn't actually open to the public until a year ago is that it was a year ago wasn't it was it? a year ago well 2020 is when it was purchased um yeah december of 2020 is when it was purchased yeah so it wasn't until 2021 um until it was investigated the first televised investigation by a um this was destination fear uh if you guys are familiar with that show it's a travel channel series um dakota laden was previously a cameraman for ghost adventures <clears throat> and has a series now with his sister and two friends where they do their own paranormal investigations and um last season which would have been their third season um they would have been season three episode 14 they investigated the indiana state sanatorium and prior to that so usually they'll have a history of the place and then discussions on um previous hauntings there and other things people experienced they had nothing because no one had ever investigated that place before they had a lot of personal experiences a lot of sounds and things like that but the most significant one they had um, and we're going to talk a little bit about this building. It's mentioned a couple of times throughout this article, and there's even a picture of it, um, Adams Hall. On the, I don't believe it was the top floor, the floor floor, maybe the third floor, there was a full apparition of someone walking the, they, they saw a heat signature on their thermal camera of someone walking past the windows. There's nobody there. 
nobody in that building. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've, uh, there's even some people that I follow on Instagram that have gone there this past year, had some really crazy experiences. Um, the, uh, I don't know, I think they have a full video, but I didn't watch the full video. I just watched the parts on Instagram where there definitely were, um, there were EVPs, a lot of sounds, it, you know, just your, your typical something being thrown, door slamming, that kind of thing. So, you know, good old time, good old time on a ghost hunt, you know. There's a lot going on at this place so, and I cannot wait. Yeah, this place is huge. So real quick synopsis, the Indiana State Sanatorium, as it was known from 1909 to 1968, also the Indiana Tuberculosis Hospital. Um, it was also formerly known as the Lee Allen, Lee Allen Bryant Healthcare Facility from 1978 until 2012. That was not that long ago. Really, not at all. Run, this was a state-run institution um, designated for the treatment and care of tuberculosis patients located in Rockville, Indiana. So that's actually west of Indianapolis. You're technically a, closer to Illinois, uh, where it's located. The facility was successful in its treatment of tuberculosis at the time, and the overall mortality rate was low, decreased. The sanatorium was shuttered in 1968 due to the low number of patients. You know, of course, we know the history back when we did our Waverly episode that around that time, because penicillin and other antibiotics were so heavily available, they really didn't have a need for tuberculosis sanatoriums anymore. By the mid-70s, private investors uh, proposed to convert the space into a nursing home, and that's when the Lee and Bryant facility opened. Um, it pretty immediately gained a negative rep reputation due to understaffing, which resulted in the facility closing. Uh, the property sat vacant for a decade before being purchased in December of 2020, like we mentioned, and now the new owner hopes to reopen it as a mixed-use facility. So I'm excited if they do that i'm excited we're getting in there before they actually turn it into something like yeah that, that we're actually able to you know because this is this is a large amount this is a pretty large amount of property um in this town so you know you i love the idea of these ghost hunts to at least make some money but you really would like to see this land be used for something i mean especially good after all the shit that that's been through oh god and all the negativity and horrificness it's seen. I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I always hope with places like that, housing, I don't know. You know, we've just got, we've got a crisis right now. There's too many homeless people. It just, you need, you need adequate homes. And then you see just abandoned areas like this. And it's like, okay, this is where we need to be putting our money into amongst other things. Let's, let's kind of, you know, let's try to make this livable because people could use it. This is a lot of, this is a lot of space. So you would think I'm excited about it, but the, you know, the prospect of ghost hunting there and investigating there, but totally up for that. You know, if that money is being used to fix it up to use for Absolutely. something else. Yeah, for sure. In 1905, the state of Indiana appointed a committee to investigate the need of a state run institution. By 1907, the state legislature appropriated 250000 for the purchase of a site. A second committee was then created to determine where the site should be located. The final decision was to purchase 504 acres of land east of Rockville. In 1909, the committee requested funds to, re to build a hospital, which was soon followed by administration building, powerhouse, and two pavilions. Flanking 
the administration building, one for men, the other for women. The main wards featured porches that stretched the entire length of the building for maximum exposure to fresh air, a common practice against tuberculosis, which is something that we did discuss heavily at Waverly Hills because of the way that it was made, how they had the openness and the windows and the doors that opened out to the, uh, the field. By 1911, the facility was self-sufficient with the farm and workers. By 1918, a school was added to the facility. A superintendent's residence was added in 1922, which was followed by two small bungalow-style house houses for physicians. The state sanatorium covered bridge was erected on the site in 1913 to transport coal across Little Raccoon Creek. And by 09, the bridge had fallen into disrepair and subsequently restored and moved to a public road. The grounds underwent many changes throughout its existence, and the first major additions came in the 1950s with the addition of a chapel in 1950 and a new five-story staff residence known as Adams Hall, which is what we, uh, Becky had just mentioned. This building was eventually converted into a psychiatric hospital facility. By the end of the 1950s, the number of patients fell considerably due to the discovery of a treatment to cure the disease. As a result, the facility could not admit enough patients to remain open and was shuttered by the state in 1968. So yeah, a little bit of history um, about that bridge. So they, um, because the bridge was no longer in use, like we, like uh, Casper had mentioned, um, subsequently with the sanatorium being shut down and it being moved, um, it's actually one of 31 covered bridges that are uh, local to that area around Park County, Indiana. So they actually have a um, a huge covered bridge festival every year. My uncle, of all things, has been to it. My aunt and my uncle, because <laughs> I have a lot of family I've mentioned in Indiana. And uh, they were like, oh, yeah, we totally know where Rockville, Indiana is. Remember that? <laughs> Remember that covered yep. bridge? festival we went to and then when i was looking into history of park county i was like oh shit there's 31 covered bridges around this entire area that's like a huge thing that they're known for which is actually kind of cool to be quite honest because that's a big part of history and you know um you don't you don't seem to see as many of them now as you used to um you know and besides the sanatorium this the whole town has a lot has a lot of history. So I feel like that's another reason why you would love to see, um, you know, hope, hopefully something positive come out of that, out of that property that, you know, does something for some, does something well for some, for people. Um, by the 1970s, private investors in the state planned to repurpose the complex and assisted living facility. They proposed that the, that they build a modern new complex replacing an old tuberculosis ward between the administration building and Adams Hall. This was completed in 1978 and soon opened. However, there was a lack of patients that plagued the facility. In an effort to gain more patients, the state transferred patients from other state mental institutions, which resulted in the mixing of both patients deemed mentally ill and the patients in need of assisted living care. So it wasn't a true nursing home. It was kind of a nursing home slash uh psychiatric facility so not just for elderly patients which i don't even understand mixing that together but whatever for um, people who genuinely don't care about the elderly just is really weird. don't care because yeah because they're gonna get state funded money <laughs> seems to be all they care about 
The music. money is all that people care about? And Whatever do you what mean? That's it. That's it. The mixing of patients garnered much negative attention, of course, toward the facility and became the site of numerous accidents and tragedies as a result of mistreatment and ill contact. Guys, I shit you not. If you just Google Lee and Bryant healthcare facility, the only things that come up are a plethora of court cases. There's so many court cases. Versus Lee, versus Lee Allen Bryant, versus Lee Allen Bryant, versus Lee Allen wow. Bryant, versus Lee Allen Bryant. There are so many court cases. I mean, literally court cases dating all the way up until the um, facility closed. Uh, well, they finally probably got someone to close the damn place because they got so many court cases against them. Well, there were... You know, I, I did read in one of the court cases that there was, um, there were just, there were so many, um, there had been, there had been, uh, state people from the state that had come in and investigated. And I mean, they had, they were getting citations for everything from lack of plumbing, lack of care. People weren't being bathed. They didn't have, um proper medical equipment like bandages there were things like that i mean so you're talking about things like that on top of patients that had visible bruises like they had been beaten or thrown down bed sores um evidence of sexual assault on bedridden patients i mean the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on so it's from like little things from not having enough bandages to the toilets not working to people that are basically comatose being sexually assaulted. Like, it just... Sounds like the workers were great. I mean, it just... Yeah. It, it just... It got... It, wow. it started off bad and then went from bad to worse. Like, it was like zero to a hundred. <laughs> real quick. And you would think that would do something, but I mean... Literally, no. The place didn't completely close. It it took over a year for it to close even after it lost its licensing. That's kind of fucked up. It lost its licensing and still didn't close. Um, so, uh, real quick to finish out this part of the article. Uh, in 2006, a patient reportedly went missing from the facility. Authorities later found him deceased in the woods. This is actually mentioned. Some There were some people that were interviewed dur during that Destination Fear episode that I mentioned that, that actually did talk about this. There was the owner of the place now, and then I think um, some people that live in the area that knew the history that talked about this. Uh, there was another incident that happened, um, and I was actually able now... This is public record. I did find the um, actual uh, newspaper article about it, but I, out of respect, I am not going to mention the names of these two people that were involved. Obviously, like I said, it's public record. I found the article. I'm sure anybody, anybody else can, but I just feel out of respect for their families. I'm not going to mention their names. Um, so, uh, Another incident happened when a disgruntled employee shot a fellow co-worker in the facility's powerhouse. The assailant then took his own life. Now, in here, this said this happened in 2009. Um, it actually happened in uh, 
trying to see when the actual date of it happened because this article when it gave the okay i don't know why this one says 2010 well 20 2009 2010 no big deal um but basically yeah there was a dispute between um these two guys and they i mean it happened right there at the facility one he shot and killed the guy walked into another part and killed himself um i have heard that people who have investigated if you know their names there has been contact made so i mean that's kind of sad to think that something that horrific happened there and they're still there um so ultimately it's like probably I, because of how horrific it is that's why they're still there yeah because of the yeah the emotion you got to think about the emotions surrounding something like that to make something like that happen yeah you know, you're so upset at someone that you would kill them and then realize what you what it, probably yeah, realize, what happened is realize he realized what, what he, he did, did and then killed himself and then killed himself so there's an article from the Tribune Star, which is a local paper from two, uh, 2011, July of 2011, that goes over Lee Allen Bryant losing their funding assistance. Um, it says here that the Indiana Family and Social Services Administration has not renewed its residential care assistance program contract with the Lee Allen Bryant Healthcare Facility in Rockville, and residents have been informed that they must relocate. Um, there were over 400 residents that were affected by this. Um, the representative uh, at the time that was interviewed stated that we're not closing. We're going to try to find a way to work something out with the state. That obviously didn't happen. Um, now, there were some residents that were transferred to a local health care facility that actually a few months later, that one ended up closing. I couldn't find why, but, um, you know, another unfortunate thing that happened, which, you know, we've read this too, which is a really sad thing. If a lot of these people weren't transported to facilities, they became homeless. I mean, that's a really sad, sad fact that happened with a lot of these facilities that, um, you know, we talked about that with the Denver State uh, Sanitarium. Now, that was for mentally ill patients. And um, just like any of those institutions back then that had one way that they were supposed to treat patient, patients, didn't get the funding, totally abused these patients, had nowhere else to send them because they were closed down, and a lot of them ended up homeless. Um, so that was kind of the sad fact that happened here. So eventually, a year later, when they had to get people out, because that was something else that was mentioned on that Destination um, Fear uh, episode, was that there's still a lot of people's belongings that were there. Which is going to be very strange to Because see. there were people that were moved. Yeah. But then people that were still there that they couldn't find anywhere to move them to. They were just like, okay, you have to go. Because this was literally when, like, the state was coming in to put locks on the door. And they were just pushing these people out. So they didn't even have time to get anything. They had nowhere to go and nothing. And you're like, oh, well, yeah, because that's that totally That's works. humane. That's a great, wonderful thing to Just do. Just kick someone out with nothing. So a representative, back to this article real quick, there was a representative with the Indiana Department of Workforce Development said that confidentiality laws did not permit her to comment about the healthcare facility status or why the FSSA would not renew their contract based on the facility's workforce development. A state licensor survey 
From November 19th, this would have been in 2011, at the facility revealed six deficiencies. Those deficiencies were related to cleanliness, food service, adequate hot water for bathing and hand washing, evaluation of, of residents' needs, record keeping of um, medication, treatment, food, and nutritional services. So those were just the little things. Um, but I mean, going all the way back to they had seven reports in 2009, seven reports in 2008. There were 27 reports um, in 2008. Yeah, they're just the, the place for years had not, it just, you know, you're like I said, you're literally going from not providing adequate food, hot water, things like that to court cases being brought up against the facility for actual abuse of patients from residents there. So, you know, what's crazy is I was thinking about it the other day. I was thinking about how like these sanatoriums and these hospitals, these mental hospitals and all these places just treated their patients like shit. Not that, you know, I obviously it is a little bit better today as far as that's concerned. But even today, you hear a lot of hospitals and, and old folks' homes treating their patients like shit. You still hear about it. And I'm it. always like, what is the point of that? I never understood why, especially in these old run-down places, like you've got, even the reformatory, like these places where you're supposed to be helping people and taking care of people, you liter are literally the worst these asylums, these reformatories, these sanatoriums, like what, why? I just don't understand. I just don't understand why these places that are meant to help people are actually the places where people are treated the worst. I do think a lot of it really does fall, you know, and I, I hate to say this, but I think it just comes from what I've read and for a short time myself now luckily this was a really nice place but um i worked at a nursing home for a short time this many 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 moons ago um but i think what's gotten worse over time like what got really bad and then got a little bit better and now is like really gotten bad again is just funding like when the government doesn't care they're not paying these people enough i mean you're taking care and i'm telling you too when they say it takes a special person it takes a special person i promise you you know you're taking care of people that are at a point in their life especially depending on what type of facility you work at where they cannot they can no longer take care of themselves so a lot of these people you're feeding them you're clothing them you're bathing them you're wiping them, <laughs> you're taking them to the bathroom, or you're changing their diaper, you know, a lot of people don't want to do that. And if they are going to do it, you better be paying them a lot of money to do it. And they don't. Yeah, they don't. They don't. To, to do that for people. And then you got to think too, with COVID, I mean, that it's been proven time and time and time again, over and over and over, even until now, that that virus directly affected the elderly, more over, obviously, people with comorbid comorbidities and other issues, definitely. But the elderly, yeah, lots of health problems. 
made way worse there. And you're talking about, I just, oh my God, big up to people that do work in those facilities that actually still care. I have family that does. Oh my God, you are God's, you're, you're angels on earth because it's like, you're not getting paid for what you have to do, for what you have to, the, the facilities, the companies, the state, the funding, the government, who, who the people that are in charge of making sure that those people are taken care of aren't. So it sucks. It just sucks all the way around because these residents, these patients, these people should be taken care of, but the people that are taking care of them they need to be paid for it. And if they're not, I mean, that's when you're going to see people quitting. So you're just, you're getting no care. It's not just lack of care. You're, you're getting no care because now you're starting to get back in. I've seen it. You're, we're starting to get back into where you're hearing about facilities not having enough aides or nurses. Yeah where programs that they had in nursing homes, they no longer have because they don't have the aids to do it. Now you're having floors or facilities where you've got maybe one or two. Now it's starting to sound like it did back in the old days where you've got maybe one or two nurses for. And I mean, you're right. You though. may, you may have, let's say 20 to 30 patients on one unit where you should have four or five, you, you have maybe two, you'd have your main, you have your supervisor, like your main nurse that you, and then um, like one other nurse and then like the rest. So you probably have about like in total, like six people, five or six people. Now you're down to maybe like one nurse manager and two aides. I'm hearing that mm -hmm. to where it's starting to sound like it did before where these units it is, are getting short staff. It is like you said that I think it is a lot to do with the fact that they're overworked and they're not paid enough and some of them just quit working 12 hour shifts back to back to back to back to back feeding people dealing with combative and not getting paid enough wiping and... asses and then they're like this and you want me to do that for ten dollars an hour right i think i'm gonna go to mcdonald's and make 18. I'm going to Popeye's and make 15. I think I'm going to go do that. Yeah, 15. 15. Sorry, I saw someplace it was 18. But, I mean, depending on where you live. That talking could about here also in Ohio. Be, maybe maybe um, it was 18. Maybe it was for a manager. So it needs, yeah, something. it needs to go. If you're going to make $18 as a manager at McDonald's or $10. Uh, Wiping someone's ass. Somebody trying hospital. to kick you in the face as you're trying to wipe their ass in a nursing home. I'd rather go to mcdonald's yeah i mean really i i don't know. those people should easily hands down make 25 dollars an hour minimum without a minimum doubt. without a doubt and it's hopefully it's gotten better now i'm talking about this like i said this is this was in ancient times when i was making like <laughs> no money um but now oh for the love they, they they're without a question should be stnas or pcas or wherever you live and you're area here they're state in the state of ohio they're state tested nursing assistants um patient care assistants certified nursing assistants they're known by several different names all across the country in the u.s should be at the very least getting paid 20 to 25 dollars an hour if they work in a nursing home that's like without that's a like question. Minimum, minimum. i don't even understand i mean at the bare minimum for what you're doing 
yeah, just without a question. And if you're not getting paid that, absolutely, you should quit. Yeah. Find somewhere that'll pay you what you deserve. Oh, and then they don't tell you about the attachments you make, how many people die. Oh, you're dealing with that, too. A lot of death. Trauma. A lot of people dying. Oh, so yeah. There's that. So, yeah. No. They're... No, just for the just for the therapy alone. You, you should, should pay for getting... my therapy, and you should <laughs> like, pay me. $25 there is no reason whatsoever. Yeah, no reason whatsoever. I don't understand it. Um. Oh wow, I found another article in regards to the gentleman that um, this was in two thousand and six when he wandered away from the facility and ended up they found him dead in the woods by a creek. Um they actually go on to mention how many other uh they said since this was a i'm trying to find the name of the i think this was a okay this was a uh, park county sheriff that mentioned this where they were talking about since 2002 um the person that passed away that was the fourth person since 2002 that had wandered away from the facility and died okay that's that's that's, that's too, too many. many that's too many there shouldn't be anybody there was a woman out. that was 23 years old that was found dead about five miles away from the facility um she had been reported missing for about a month before her body was discovered there was another gentleman in 2002 that was found less than a quarter mile away from the facility he was 30 years old and uh his death was ruled a suicide a 71 year old woman died as a result of exposure in the middle of winter in 2002 after what wandering away from the fuck? facility um in 2000 so in 2002 actually after that the lee allen bryant facility under the indiana department of health was placed on probation yet they were still getting state funds and still taking residents so yeah this place was just... <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of activity um you know i can honestly see why what i've heard recently within the last year that you know like we mentioned it's been um it's very been... recent that the place has been open it was purchased in 2020 um the owner is now working on full restoration of uh not only the administration building but uh the other facilities on the complex so um yeah that's where all the money is going to repairs to fix the place up um when the when they hold uh so they actually have historical tours and paranormal tours which i think are amazing because there is a lot of history to that place especially when you um are speaking in reference to the time that it was a tuberculosis sanatorium um at the time with it being such a big open space on so much land it was ideal for people with tuberculosis it's really weird i think what's really strange about the history of this place specifically especially um when it comes to going there and investigating what i'm really like i think the the real dichotomy as far as spirits that you would interact with there is at one time when this place was a tuberculosis sanatorium people there were actually being treated well mm -hmm. 
people were getting adequate care and getting care, getting good care. They were treated well. They were, you know, this place is, it had a giant farm and people were outside and they got fresh air. And I mean, it was, it was its own working running facility. It had its own, it's, you know, it had its own, it's got its own water tower. So it had its, you know, it was, it was meant to be made for like your home away from home. If you had tuberculosis prior to penicillin, this was basically the place that you knew that you were going to come to die. So they made it as comfortable as possible and literally made it like it was home. It had shops, it had a general store, it had a farm, its own water supply, everything. So it was really a place that took care of people, that if people sent their family there, they knew they were going to be taken care of. And then over time declined once there was adequate treatment and the place ultimately shut down. Then you have this space of time, it sits empty. It's bought by investors and turned into not only a psychiatric facility, but a nursing home. And it's a completely different story. Well, first of all, putting a psychiatric unit in the same place as an old folks home is a fucking clusterfuck. Why would you do that? You have to have almost, you would have to have two completely different set of caregivers to yeah. deal with. Because you can't send somebody in that's a nurse aide that is only trained to deal with elderly people in the same unit that you would put psychiatric patients. You're not, you don't go through that you're same not line of training. You're not equipped for an 80-year-old woman as opposed to a 50-year-old schizophrenic. Like, you're, you're not going to know how At to handle that. All. At all. And how, how good of a... How good are you if you don't know what you're doing? And I'm not saying that against them. I'm saying that against the facility. You cannot put someone in charge of someone with an extreme mental illness if they haven't gone through the training for that. How much care are you really providing for those people if you're not providing them with aids to really take care of what they have going on? Because you could ask those aides. I guarantee you those aides will be like, I don't know what to do if they have an episode. They don't know what to do because they weren't trained for that. You know, and a lot of these people were drugged. Oh, know? yeah. I'm sure they were so fucking sedated out of their minds. Because that, you know, once in the, especially now this in the 70s and 80s, this is around a time. Now, this isn't mentioned in any articles, but this is around a time where Thorazine became very popular. And Thorazine was a... Uh, a, a very old I, I don't even know if it's still in use to be quite honest but it was given by injection and it was a really really powerful uh anti-psychotic anti that basically I mean you were just kind of left drooling on yourself I've heard a lot of people who say they have bipolar the meds that they take make them a zombie Thor, that's what Thorazine did mm -hmm. you were if you were if you didn't comply if you were, you know, just it, 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 where it was supposed to be used for people that were combative, if you just didn't, if you just didn't do what you were supposed to do or didn't sit down or didn't eat or anything, you couldn't have even, I mean, you, you don't even need an antipsychotic, but it was used, it was used and abused. 
it was just thought, well, this is how we'll keep them in line. We'll just make everybody a zombie. And you were, you know, if you didn't do what you were supposed to do, you got hit with a shot of uh, Thorazine when really it was only supposed to be used for, um, I mean, high level psychotic patients, schizophrenics, you know, and it was just given to. They probably, it was more of a thing where it was like, well, I just don't want to deal with this person today. So That's I'm gonna, exactly what it was. So I'm just going to give them this exactly so they won't bother was, me today, which is exactly so how shitty. it was marketed. Yeah. That it was just given basically just to shut, just to shut people up. And uh, yeah, I mean, you were literally just, you were a zombie, basically. Yeah, you were basically... And I've heard people who have taken, you know, who are bipolar, who have taken medicines like that, they literally want to do whatever they can to get off of it because they're like, yeah, it helps my moods, but at the same time, I don't feel anything. I'm just numb. Mm -hmm. And they hate it. They genuinely hate it. There is something in that tree. Oh, is it a squirrel? That it's jumping in that tree like it's fucking. There's a tree outside time. of my window. Um, it is a mulberry tree. Mm. So the squirrels go ape shit, and they don't even give the mulberries a chance to ripen before they eat every fucking mulberry off of that tree. I was gonna say this squirrel um, in this tree is going insane right now. Yeah, they eat. They don't even wait till they're ripe. They, they're still little tiny white and they eat the shit out of them. Of course they do. I mean, they just, they go ape shit. And every single tree along that fence line are all mulberry trees. Sorry. I know we totally got off topic. That was for super minute, off. It was but, because uh, while I was saying what I was saying, I was it's looking It's very distracting. Because <laughs> you're like, what the fuck are those squirrels doing? But yeah, um, so kind of getting back to what I feel like. I feel like there's going to be a lot of activity at this place. Oh my god, this is why I don't think number one. I think with I don't that think dichotomy. we're going to be there for the full eight hours because I don't think we're going to be able to make it. Number two, it is very possible we may have to sleep for a couple hours in whoever's car we take because this is the first time in a year. You know, it's it's been investigated for a year. That's not very much. These spirits are very restless, I could imagine. Um, especially with people coming in and investigating, you know, for the first time. And they're they're not really, I don't want to use the term used to it. But I feel like these spirits are going to be even more active because of that fact. Because they were quote unquote unleashed as so recently and number three, because of everything we talked about, there is so much negativity. There is so much wrong done to these people. And they know we're empaths. When an empath walks into a haunted building, a ghost knows. They're... And I think, I personally think it's more likely that there's the spirits from when it was, I think it's possible that there's more spirits there from when it was Leanne and Bryant versus when it was the Indiana Sanatorium. Because it's less peaceful. Yeah. Not that there won't be spirits there, you know, from the tuberculosis era, because I'm sure there will be. Possibly. But Possibly. they weren't treated like they were at Waverly. It no. was It was very, <clears throat> excuse me, it was very different. Right. They were actually treated fairly there, as opposed to Waverly, they were not. Um, but it's it's the whole 
how they treated the old people and the psych psychiatric people that is the real problem. I feel like anytime you have a building where you've had psychi psychiatric patients and they haven't been treated correctly, you're going to have a shit ton of energy. Oh, for sure. Because of how much energy those people have on their own. Well, and, and a lot of times, you know, it's stated when people die in really tragic, awful ways like that, their spirits never leave. It's like they're stuck. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely, for me, I'm going to say a prayer for those people because I feel like that's the only thing that I would want to bring over those people is, is just care and comfort for their spirits that you hope um, there's some peace for them in the afterlife. You hope that there's no suffering for them over there. You hope that maybe in death they've found some type of peace Um even if spiritually they're, or metaphysically, mm -hmm. they're still in that area where you're able to make enough contact with them that, um, yeah, because definitely in life they did, they weren't treated fairly. Especially if you had so many people that were trying, I mean, it has to be, I think one thing that just, was really crazy to me that really caught my eye and immediately was just how many people kept trying to leave that place. Yeah. And that's saying something, you know, 500 acres in the middle of no, this place in the middle of nowhere, guys. I mean, if you have no vehicle to drive in and out, you're going to try to walk away. You're I can't walking, wait to drive you're up walking on this through place. Dense, if you don't know where you're going, if it's at night or whatever, you're walking through dense forest. I'm excited to drive up on this place because it's going to be absolutely insane driving up on this place. Because yeah. it seems like everywhere we've been has been smack dab in the middle of a city, weirdly. Like uh, West like Virginia right Penitentiary is in the middle of a fucking neighborhood. Ohio State Reformatory is in the middle of a city, but it's still like... Before, when we turned left, yeah. there was, like, nothing. All of a sudden, there it was. And then You're there in was town. industrial buildings. Yeah. Like, a little town over yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Because Waverly Hills It's was... not directly in Mansfield. Mansfield, the town, right. has several different buildings and things like that. But um, And Waverly Hills is literally in the back of a, a neighborhood. Golf a, a golf course. In downtown Louisville. <laughs> so, this is going to be the first one that's got that kind of acreage. As far as dense forest and... You know, which made me... I, I came up on this on Instagram randomly, and we've talked about this, Shawnee State Park. That's another place that we have got... We, I would love... West Virginia that I would love. Lake Shawnee. That I would love to invest. Because that's another one of those that's like Why a big here? area. And what were you thinking? Parks and Rec. Lake Sh Pawnee. I know it's Shawnee... <laughs> But listen, <laughs> you for a second there, I'm going. Did I say Pawnee? It or just did sounds, I say it Shawnee? Just sounds so similar. Because Leslie, nope. Um, <laughs> because nope. Yeah, no, Lake Shawnee. I would love to visit. Too. I would love. That's another. Well, I'm just thinking in terms of places that you know after here, in terms of places I'm investigating that aren't like right smack dab in a city or that close to a town. I mean, where you 
really remote out. I think that's another thing too that I'm interested in someplace like this is um, how many sounds or EVPs we're actually going to pick up that won't be interrupted by background noise. Because I know that's a big, I don't know if anybody's had this, that was a big problem at Waverly. Ooh, that was a bad problem at Waverly. Because, because it's in the middle of a fucking city. <laughs> the highway was right there. There's an airport nearby, too. I mean, you kept hearing cars and motorcycles and the lights were, you know, you have the lights from the city. So it, it made it, it made it difficult. Shadows were, were easy um, because you could tell, uh, oh, I mean, the, the, the shadow figure I saw, there was no fucking denying that. That thing took up the whole goddamn hallway, but Sounds especially were very difficult to distinguish what you were hearing because there was so much background noise. And I was sad about that. Um, we couldn't do a lot of EVP work. No, because you of couldn't it. hear anything. There we did get much, one EVP, yeah. which was a weird, wasn't it a heavy breathing yeah. that we got that was neither one of us? Um, that but, was more of those, if you were going to capture a sound, if you were it would have to have been something that would be in close proximity to you. It wouldn't be something like in the next room or anything. Like could, a distant, there's yeah, no, no way. Cause you could, no way. you could never know, especially with the way that place echoed. There's no way no. of that either. It's so open and echoey. There's West Virginia penitentiary was so much better with that because it wasn't as giant and echoey and open. No, no. it was a lot easier to, and even though it was in the middle of a town, these are overnight haunts. So, you know, people are asleep there's nobody you're not hearing you you know you got because on one side there was like the road but you've got people asleep you can't hear anything on the other side there's mountains so there was nothing over over there so that helped a lot because you didn't have all the background noise so you could differentiate um this place i'm really that's that's been something that i've really questioned is the set is how many more sounds we're going to hear and how many more EVPs we'll be able to pick up because we won't have to deal with. We will literally be in the middle the, of the fucking woods. We won't have any of the background noise. Oh, we got to do a lot of EVP work. So be one of those, then. is that an owl or was that a ghost? Was that a, <laughs> was that a, ooh, or a, ooh. <laughs> like, <clears throat> both can be equally terrifying, but I would like, you to know what? I wonder how much the land is haunted. Well, you go into the history of that that area and that county. Um, what did I say? Park County? The Indian land. Oh, yeah. So if we... Yeah, I was reading about that with the covered... Like that, uh, the website that they had about the covered bridge. Yeah, so if we hear a deer... I was reading about uh, the history of Park County <clears throat> and how that whole... Uh, so regarding the history of Park County, Indiana, um, there, I mean, it's just nothing but early 1800s into uh, Indiana territories. And um, uh, let's see, it says here that there was actually... I was trying to see if there was anything mentioned as far as any battles in that area. Um, it says in 1811, the Shawnee chief Tecumseh rallied several tribes to try to expel the European American settlers from the area. 
when General William Henry, Henry Harrison took an army from um, Vincennes, I never pronounced that correctly, but that's in Indiana, to the Battle of Tippecanoe in late 1811 to fight with the Indian Zachariah Sitcott served as scout. He traded with the Indians up and down the Wabash, Wabash <laughs> River. <laughs> the starting, Wabash. <laughs> starting around 1801. Um, the trail taken by Harrison's army on its way to and from the battle site passed through that area that later became Park County. So it was on the way to the Battle of Tippecanoe that took place in um, on that Indiana Territory. So that was right outside. That, it, was between, wow. that was between the Shawnee leader, Tecumseh, and um, European, Indi European American settlers in that time. So that happened in 1811. So this was literally the Battle of Tippecanoe happened right next door. And people would walk. So you're talking about settlers and indigenous people back and forth through that area. So, so if we hear a deer... <clears throat> Stay away from that area. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Fuck no. No, 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 no. Yeah, I should have known that. Yeah, so Sha yeah, the Shawnee Indians, that's, you know, especially living in Ohio, that was typically the, that was the, that was the indigenous people more so in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Indiana. Learned a lot about. The Shawnee in school. Bitch, I'll tell you something. If I hear something screaming from those woods, I'm fucking done. I'm fucking out. I'm done. We ain't even driving. We, we're we staying in whatever building we're in because we can't even drive home because we'll have to drive through the fucking woods. Yeah, Serpent Mound. <laughs> Serpent Mound, all of that. That's all Shawnee Indians. That Those were Algonquin. I mean, you know, like, yeah, no. Absolutely not. So that right there. So now we've got to deal with that. Great. <laughs> so actually, it's Wendigos. Okay. Awesome. That's awesome. Didn't know we were gonna have to throw Wendigos on the on the table. I am telling you right now. That's perfect. I um, am telling you right now. I will run. <laughs> Ma'am, you better because I'm <laughs> running. Running like there's no. If you guys want to go back and listen to our Wendigo episode, go right on ahead. That'll tell you everything you need to know, and I don't want to be involved. If we hear whistling, if we hear deer noises or anything that sounds off in any way, I am staying as close to those buildings. Also, I don't know if anybody's been seeing this as well. I don't I don't know how I got on this side of TikTok last week. <laughs> but um, How does anyone get on any side of TikTok? The... The wind, the uptick in Wendigo uh, sounds in Pennsylvania. Of course, it has to be. I in came across series of videos. This was not; they weren't the same account either. But was it Wendigo or Skinwalker? No, it's been Wendigos because it's been people hearing sounds. Not only, not only have there been whistles coming out of the woods. Of course, more Wendigos are but being unleashed. But also, uh, deer that have been acting really fucked up. But are they deer? I mean, I've been hearing that a lot. That's <clears throat> I've been hearing that a lot in Pennsylvania. A lot of these recent reports about, you know, and, you, and then you have people trying to say, oh, well, you know, the deer ticks and wasting syndrome and all these different diseases. 
No. They don't make the deer act like that. I mean, where somebody's got a video of a deer on the side of the road that's just standing there. It's just standing there. Eyes focus straight ahead, and this person gets right up on this deer. I don't, like, why are you standing that fucking close? And, like... So if the deer's, like, standing this way, you're the person, and you come up to me, and I'm not, I'm just... The deer didn't move. The deer didn't... I got chills from that. Move. I got chills from that. They're, look, I mean, they're all, like, what? They're, like, what the fuck? This guy's, like this deer was just standing here and I get out of my car and I'm like calling to it and calling to it. And it's like, you guys see, it's not like the guy's talking. I'm not repeating right. verbatim <laughs> what he's saying. This is in Pennsylvania. The guy pulls over and he's like, the video didn't last long. It was maybe about 10 seconds. And he's standing just like on the side of this deer. And I mean, he's close enough that he's like, do you guys see this? This deer is not, that thing did not move a fucking muscle. Didn't even blink. And it wasn't, it was didn't blink. Didn't blink. I didn't see its nose move, breath, nothing. And it wasn't like this. And listen, I would know, guys, I would know what the fuck a fake deer looks like. I don't know why the fuck somebody put a fake ass deer on the middle of a road in <laughs> buttfuck nowhere in Pennsylvania. But no, it was a real deer. This was a real deer. I have seen real deer. I know what a real fucking deer. This was a real deer. And that thing did not move for a solid 10 to 15 seconds. This deer, this guy's got this camera, his phone on this deer. This deer did not move. Didn't move. And then the guy's backing away like, okay, this is kind of creeping me out. I'm going to go like, I mean, if, if you're watching the video, it feels like forever because you've, I've literally never seen anything like this where a deer wouldn't fucking move a goddamn muscle when there was a human that close with a fucking phone it was probably all of maybe 10 seconds but the guy's backing away slowly to his car and it's still not moving it's just looking ahead and then the guy kept panning over like what is it looking at because on the other side of the road there's nothing but woods yeah so you're like what is this deer looking at it just not blinking not moving no. nothing looking so that's great. So now, now Wendigos. All right. When are the aliens coming? I'm ready to go. No, listen. So <laughs> I actually have been inflation, seeing... gas prices, Wendigos. I can't do this. Well, and skinwalkers this. because okay. I've been seeing an influx of skinwalkers on my TikTok. Okay, great. Which is funny because Wendigos are your favorite and skinwalkers are mine. So this Thank guy's you, riding his horse, and I believe it's in Arizona, if I'm not mistaken. He's riding his horse. Just taking a video, and he's literally going like, I'm riding my horse, you know, just being out here in nature. Also, I wish I would have saved that video. I hate that I I know I didn't, because I would try mm. to find it now, but... I might have saved, I don't remember, I have to look and see, but he's... Okay, so he's riding like a dirt... He's riding his horse on like a dirt road. To the right's a giant open field. It's very open. There's not woods for a while. But to his left, there's a decent amount of woods to his left. There's like trees and then they're very sporadic trees and then there's like a bank and then there's woods okay so it's it's almost like it's like some coverage and then you have i guess they wouldn't even call them trees honestly they're little those tiny little bushes and then you have that bank and then there's woods he's out there he's by himself um 
And he made it known too. He's like, I'm on here by myself, just me and my horse. And you hear, hey, literally, that's what you hear. And the horse stops. And the horse looks over and he's looking over. And he looks over in the big field and he looks over here and he goes, hmm, that was weird. And then the horse, he goes, come on, let's go. And the horse starts going more slow, like it's hesitant. And then you hear, hey, like loud. Bitch, I tell you, that horse took the fuck off. That horse was like, nope. And it like starts going out. And then there was a lot of comments and someone was like, that was a skinwalker. Because he, he, and it, when I clicked on the person who said that, they were actually Native American. And they lived in, in like Arizona. And uh, like when I heard it say, hey, I immediately got chills. I was like, what the fuck was that? Because the horse was like, I'm fucking out. That horse just like ran. And I was like, you trust that animal. That animal, that horse knew something was fucking wrong. No, they know. <clears throat> yeah, if you're ever with a horse, a dog, and they start running, you, yeah. You run. Yeah. I don't want to hear anything like that in the woods anyway. As a human, by my goddamn self. I don't want to hear, hey, Bye. Okay, let's go. Yeah, I mean, because you should... <laughs> let's go. There's no, there is no reason you should hear that when there's nothing out there but you. You're in the middle of the fucking... You're in the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. And you're hearing... You're hey, say, hey, but what's, hey. <laughs> but what's weird no. is it did sound off. It, it did have a weird sound to it when it said hey. And I was like, I got chills. I was like, I Just did not Just enough like that. that you know. I did not like that. Yeah. At that all. you know that clearly that was not human. Anyway. So we have Wendigos to deal with. Yes, I can't wait. I mean, I wouldn't... I, I haven't heard... Again, too, if you guys are wondering, like, well, this place literally just opened up for investigation. So we have no idea what's there. We really we don't. We have no idea what's there. You know, we're going by the history that... If, if this place, so you're talking 1800s, Shawnee Indians, right next to a pretty significant battle amongst indigenous people and European settlers. Um, so you've got that, you've got tuberculosis, you've got a uh, mental and elderly facility that is horribly run for way too long. Uh, people being killed there, people being mistreated there, people leaving and dying there, people committing suicide. And then the place literally just closed 10 years ago. 10 years ago. And just last year started allowing people to come and investigate. Um, and it's in the middle of nowhere. So we have no idea what to expect. We have no, you know, we're going by other experiences we've had, other places we've been. And, um, but we really don't know what to expect and we have really not much to go by, um, in the ways of other people as far as other experiences, because there, there really aren't that many <laughs> because it, again, like we said, it just opened last year. Um, I highly recommend if no one has of yet, we did mention it at the end of our episode last week to watch the Destination Fear episode. Um, again, no ads, nope, just plugging it because they're great. Discovery Plus has all three seasons of uh, Destination Fear. Um, I believe it is the third or second to last episode of season three. 
Um, and it's a great episode. And like I said, they got some crazy shit. That full body apparition on that thermal camera in Adams Hall was enough for me. So I um, think we're gonna really. This is gonna be a big I highly test of recommend us. people watch that episode. I think this is gonna be a real big test of our abilities. From what I've seen with that episode too, I feel like in the nurses where the nurses station is, um, and Adams Hall is probably where we're gonna get the most. Even we're really gonna people, have to trust our instincts and stuff. And I'm I'm looking most forward to that. To where we're going to have to really trust our instincts and really follow how we feel. As to where it brings us. As to where it brings yeah. us. Because, yeah, we do know about a couple of places, but this place is so massive that it's going to be like we really got to trust how we're feeling to really be able to know where we're led to. And if either That's one of us... That's going to have the most significant activity. If any one of us is led out to the woods, I'm going to tell you right now, neither one of us is going to Oh, it. no, no, no. Nope. No. I don't... I just... You know, as a rule of thumb as a black woman, <laughs> I just don't... Uh, you were like... <laughs> well, yeah. You know, black women. That better... When you're about to make a point. <laughs> That's very important. There is a lip smack. Prior to that point, because you know shit's about to get real. So just as a general rule of thumb, no black people should just go wandering off in the woods. That's just, yeah, you just, you just don't do that. That's like deep within our, that's like an ancestral trigger that we just know deep down in our DNA to not do that. I mean, there could be ghosts, people with hoods, we don't know. <laughs> Okay, could, you don't we know don't what know. you don't know what kind of hoods. We don't know. Could be cult. Could be. We're not taking any no chances. What was it? There was one time me and you were doing something, and I was curious about it. And you're like, "You can go right ahead. I'm black. I ain't doing this shit." And I was no. like, "Well, this is where my white comes in." Yeah, you're like, "This is where I want to go." <laughs> like, oh, and I'm like, death. That's all I'm seeing. Death. Like, Chaos. Not, Destructions. I'm gonna go over here. <laughs> I'm not. No. Now I listen. I love nature. You guys know I love nature. I love the woods. I love camping. I love all of that. But in supervised areas with other people, <laughs> what you don't want to go into a dance wood in the middle of the night in an unfamiliar territory <laughs> that's on Indian land. Oh, you don't want to do that. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Even I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah, if, that, if that's your cup of tea, you go right on ahead. You have fun with your Wendigo friends. Yeah. I'm good. And we'll we'll watch the uh, Discovery Plus documentary about you later. <laughs> we'll watch Cold the, Case. We'll watch the. <laughs> we will watch your Cold Case episode. It's fine. <laughs> we'll do a whole podcast about. It. <laughs> oh God. No. So um, our friend that we met at the Indiana State Sanatorium went missing. <laughs> he wandered into the woods to never be found. Yes, he was white. <laughs> Can you imagine your dumbass goes off into the woods, gets killed, and now two queers are talking about you on a podcast? <laughs> Happy Pride! <laughs> just like, what? Happy Pride! <laughs> Oh my god, we gonna meet can we meet a gay Wendigo? So instead of hey, you're in hey. 
I'd be like, and then you'd be okay. Even though <laughs> I'm still not. <laughs> and then you turn and look, and it's going. It's a full on like. Still no. Wendigos and full support. Full support, but no. If you want to catch a gay, <laughs> be one. Oh boy. God. I'm still I'm still not falling for it. No, but for real, I am genuinely like now thinking about that fact and I'm like, we're really gonna have to listen for the the Wendigo sounds because yeah. that's Wendigo territory. You know, and that's something that hasn't even been talked about anywhere, but you know, that is a fact of that area. That's we are Shawnee territory. We are extremely so. sensitive. More than most people. To all of that. To all of that stuff. And that stuff knows. It always knows. And it's going to be like, oh, we got sensitives here, boys. And then they just start whistling. And I'm going to be like, I want to go jump off the cliff. <laughs> no. All right, guys. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed that. That's Those are all of the fun facts that we have <laughs> about the Indiana State Sanatorium. And, of course, after we go. Alan Bryant facility. Yep. After we go, we'll have our episode where we tell you guys yes. what happened. And we might have a little bit more to talk about as far as history is concerned. Since we're there, sometimes they do go over stuff that's not exactly on the internet. Um, that actually does happen It a does lot. happen. Even in some places that have been, um, you know, open for a really long time and people have investigated at length, there are still new things that you'll learn when you take the tours that, uh, you know, maybe just weren't available to find or this person that works there just had way more research available at their hands because they, they work there. Exactly. So that could happen a lot. Um, but like we said, with this place being so new, open to investigations, honestly, I think too, because of all of the controversy that Lee Allen Bryant had prior to closing, I really don't think a lot of people wanted a lot of the history of this place known. It has a bad, bad it's mark on it for this part of Indiana. And, um, you know, but hopefully now this this brings some good. This brings some good. These connections with these spirits hopefully will bring them some peace. The money raised will hopefully um, fix the place up to breathe new life in it and give it um, an opportunity to provide some good to people after being um, since a, such a once ugly, you know, you hope it's kind of a phoenix rising from the ashes yeah. kind of story, you know? Like, some, literally. Some real, literally, <laughs> some real ugly to happen, some good mm-hmm. come out of it. So, we are excited to visit. And Can't we're wait. bringing all the crystals and sage. Everything, everything. I will bring everything. <laughs> I'm calling on everybody. I'm okay? calling on you. I'm calling on my guides. I'm calling on God. I'm calling on anyone who's listening. That's good. Listen, I'm going to need all the protection. Tiny Tom Cruise, no. <laughs> so, guys, Ron. I'm next- um, oh, sorry. Ron Swanson. He knows what he's about, son. Indiana. We might run into him. You never know. Yeah. Because we're close to Pawnee. I'm kidding. Anyway. So, next week. What was next week's? It's another. This is going to be another heavy one, guys. Um, we have talked about this a lot. I know I've wanted to talk about this. Just uh, wasn't sure how we were going to condense it into an episode. But um, we're going to be talking about the West Memphis Three case. That's yeah. right. Um, 
the uh, 1993 case of three young eight-year-old boys that were brutally murdered and uh, three innocent young men who were sentenced, one to death um, and the other to lifetime imprisonment, um, not too long ago uh, took an Alfred plea and were released from prison. But, um, you know, the struggle that these it's just everybody involved. It's just a very sad case. You know, you still to this day, uh, I, I was eight years old when this happened. So this hits close. Um, you have families forever destroyed because of this. Three little boys gone forever uh, with possibly no hope of ever getting justice for their murders and finding out who truly did. Now, I, I believe, I, now listen, I just, from every, I'm, but at this point, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty. The person that I believe did it has not been brought to trial, but there is enough overwhelming evidence, but, you know, people can do what they want. Um, I was first introduced, there's some really wonderful documentaries. They're still available on HBO uh, that, Joe, if people, you know, the Joe Berlinger's name has kind of come back up more recently with the uh, Ted Bundy files, that documentary that came out a couple years back. Um, he was just involved. Uh, if anybody watched the uh, John Wayne Gacy tapes, that one that was just released, Joe Berlinger was involved with that. He directed the um, uh, the Ted Bundy movie with, uh, what's his name? Zac Efron. Yeah, that played Ted Bundy. He directed mm -hmm. that. Well, I first found out about Joe Berlinger from the original uh, Paradise Lost, uh, the three documentaries he filmed over the course of the original trial and then subsequent um, incarcerations of the three men that were uh, found guilty of the um, murders um, at the time. But um, this case was just very interesting. You're in a small country town. There's satanic panic. There's rock music, there's, uh, you know, no evidence, just juror misconduct, parents involved, lack of evidence, new evidence. It just, you know, across the board, this went on for almost 20 years. And then, um, you know, uh, more people got involved in the case, the closer it got to uh, the, um, uh, Damien Eccles was put on, uh, he was one of the people involved, was put on death row, and it was coming time for his execution. So they just started pulling out all the stops, and a lot of really prominent people got involved for them to be able to um, present new evidence and call for a new case, which led to a fourth documentary that was actually directed, of all things, by um, Peter Jackson. And if you know the name Peter Jackson... Uh, then you love Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Uh, so Peter Jackson got involved and directed the last documentary. Um, Pearl, uh, Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam. Um, I know they go by the chicks now, but the Dixie Chicks, uh, Johnny Depp. Um, oh my God, there were there were so many high profile people that lent their Metallica. Uh, Metallica got very heavily involved early on because their music was used because when uh, Jesse and Damien and um, the three guys that were, I'm so sorry, I'm drawing a blank on the other name, names were involved. These, you know, these guys listened to Metallica at the time in 93. So there were a lot of people that got involved to fight 
to get these guys out of prison. And, um, you know, the case to this day is just, it's heartbreaking all across the board how many lives were just completely destroyed by this and how all these years later, I mean, it's coming up on next year will be, um, oh my God, almost 30 years. And we still don't know. You said it was 93, we still don't know. wasn't it? 93. 30 years then, that's the year I was born. We still, next year will be 30 years. We still yep. don't know who killed. Still don't know. Those those boys would be my age. Still have no idea who, that's crazy. who killed them. Families left with no answers. <clears throat> so, uh, and then three innocent people sent to prison. So you still, you just have, you just, it is a case that, I don't, that I think at this point, there's not many people that don't know. Um, Reese Witherspoon was in a really great movie about yeah, it. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, that was based on a book called Devil's Knot. Um, it's just, it please, I, I implore people to watch the documentaries. If you don't have access to HBO Max, the West of Memphis documentary is free on Tubi. Uh, that goes over the, that pretty much, if, if it goes over everything that the original three it pretty much tells you all you need to know about the story if you weren't able to watch the original three documentaries so i would if people are have access to tubi you're able to watch that for free that way you don't have to worry about trying to get hbo max but that'll tell you all you need to know um i've read damien eccles book um it's just an amazing case that i uh have done an enormous <clears throat> amount of research on and uh cannot wait to talk about it and um yeah, I hope you guys are going to be excited about it because uh, it is definitely something we have wanted to talk about for a while. Just, But it's one of those cases where you kind of want to wait till you can get all your ducks in a row to really give it justice to sit down and talk about because you don't want to, you know. Well, that's exactly what happened. A lot of interviews and other podcasts right. have been done already, but, you know, still, you don't want to. Well, it's sure just like the boarding house. We were like, we're so yeah. ready to do this. And then when we got the tour and the uh, explanation of everything, we were just kind of like, we're going to wait we because wait. Uh, And ultimately, it was the best decision that we did. Because we got Danielle about... on it. That was that was honestly amazing. I'm so happy that we did that, too. I feel the same way about this, though. It's, mm -hmm. it's best for a lot of these things to wait until you know you're going to be able to, to do well. So, yeah. That mm. is next week. So... All right, guys. Well, you you know the drill. It's the same as every week. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter all at DFWTO Podcast. Hand, handle is DFWTO8811. If you have any questions, concerns, or want to email us and say hey, or have any podcast suggestions, please do so at DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. Also, we are on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. Please hit that subscribe, like us. You will always know when we put new episodes out which is usually every Wednesday. Sometimes it's not, but of course you will know if you're subscribed and linked up to one of our pages. I believe that's everything. Is that everything? I think we got it. I think we got it all. All right, guys. Well, be safe out there. And remember, don't, don't fuck, fuck with, with the original. original.